Hello, welcome to the Outcome Mastery Podcast. My name's Maddie Mackey and I'm your host. The Outcome Mastery Podcast is all about individuals in the community who have mastered an outcome in their life, who once had a vision that they turned into a reality. So enjoy these episodes, get inspired, follow me on Instagram at Maddie, M-A-D-D-I-E-M-M, and let us know what you think about the episodes. Much love, everyone. So this episode is pretty amazing. My wonderful friend Karina comes on and shares a lot about her experience being a transgender woman. So this is a really educational episode where she vulnerably shares a lot about her experience and ways that we can support the LGBTQIA plus community, being that it's Pride Month here in June 2023 and continuing in San Diego area, we celebrate Pride through July. And here at the Media on the Rise community, we celebrate all year long. We're an inclusive and open-minded community, and I'm really excited to share some truth with you all, answer some difficult questions, and really share more about how we can support one another in the journey of owning our truth. So thanks so much for being here. We're excited to hear your questions and commentary on the episode, so feel free to follow Karina and stay in touch with us at Media on the Rise and me, myself, and I, Maddie at MaddieMM on Instagram. Hey, everybody. It's Maddie Mackey with the Outcome Mastery Podcast. And today I have my wonderful friend Karina on with us today. She's going to share some wonderful information and facts with us and share some of her story. So Karina, thanks for being here. Thank you, Maddie. First of all, yeah, like thank you for this space and for the opportunity to share our experiences with the world because hmm, first and most, the most important thing is to always give uh, to listen to the voices of the people within the community, if it's possible. And I believe that with any community that we want to support um, that is marginalized, like we should actually go take their voices, their experiences, and and work from there and ask these people, the people, for example, like in, in my case, that I'm a transgender woman, um, what actually are is going through our work and our heads. So thank you for this. It's really important. Um, First of all, I want to introduce myself from my country. I'm a Latin American girl. I live in Costa Rica, in San Jose. And that is something that adds a lot to the experience of being trans because it's different to be trans in a conservative state, like, or I don't know, or in a more free state. And in my case, I have the privilege of being transgender in a state that gives me a lot of things and a lot of rights. And actually the government here pays for my for my hormonal treatment. I don't pay anything. Well, I pay it because it's on my taxes, but it's just basically I get it for a really cheap price. So it's, it's really good because that's something that makes me feel support. However, I do understand that that is just my privilege. And a lot of my transgender people in the world don't have this privilege and right. And even in the States, I get scared sometimes because um, the, the amount of anti-trans bills that are going through and the environment against trans people is out of control. <laughs> so um, I honestly believe that people is just scared of, people, of things that are new. And the thing with trans people 
and gay people and lesbian people and all of us in the LGBT community is that LGBTQ community is that we appear as new for a lot of people because they believe that being heterosexual or being cisgender is normal. And just a little quote, being cisgender, because a lot of people don't know this word, being cisgender means that you are okay with the gender that they assign to you at birth. So if they assign you a female at birth or male, or whatever, you're comfy with that. That means that you're cisgender. Oh, it started raining, so give me one second. And thank you for describing that, because I think, like you said, a lot of confusion comes from just the lack of information people have. And for example, a lot of people don't even know what the cisgender, you know, description, what that would even mean. And they might even say, that's not me. But it's like, well, maybe it is because maybe that's what you are. So it's important that we all become educated when we're talking about this, because education builds us information and information allows us to be informed and make informed choices of what we how we think about things so thanks for sharing the definitions because I think that's really just a basic first step because like I said so many people that I've talked to don't even know the definitions mean no and actually most people don't know it even even people like that relates to me like from my family I'm pretty sure they don't have an idea what cisgender means. And if I use the word with them, they will probably think that it's a slur or that I'm saying something offensive against them. And it's like, no, chill. It's just, it just means that you're okay with the gender that they assign to you at birth. And why is important actually to know these definitions? I, as a trans girl, I didn't have the vocabulary, the words to know myself or to express myself before I was like 23 years old. Right now I'm 27. I start transitioning like at 20, I don't remember, between 21 and 23. And the reason why I start so late and a lot of trans people start so late is because we don't even know the words. We don't even know like that being trans is valid and you can go on the word and be a transgender girl. It's, it's just not in, in the imagination, how to put it. It's not in your, in your frame of mind. And, it's really important because, for example, me growing up, they always made me believe that I was going to be a gay guy, a gay man. Mm. Um, that was so confusing for me because I never liked men, first of all, but my mannerisms, they always were really feminine. So my society around me, they, they, the only way that they had to express the way that I expressed myself was like, okay, you gay. <laughs> and that, that is, is, it's interesting. I don't want to judge that, that from the people around me because they didn't know better. So it's just like the education that we have. And actually, just as a little, I don't know, chronic, when I was a little child, the first time that I saw a transgender woman was in this Mexican TV show that this late show that is called Otro Rollo. It's really famous. It was really famous in Mexico. And they actually invited this trans girl. And I was watching the show with my stepfather and my mother, and they were like, hey, everything that she's saying is a lie. Don't believe her. She's sick of her mind, and she needs help. And, and I was like, damn, like, seeing back on the past, I was like, damn, that is so intense that the first, the first like, glance that I have of meeting myself, they told me straightforward that I was sick 
and that everything in my head was fucked up using this girl, right? That is actually a really famous uh, Mexican singer. <laughs> so I think she's called Yuri. And looking back at that, that actually um, bottles up a lot of the issues with the trans community that people just don't know. They are ignorant. And, uh, and the image that they have from us comes from a culture that actually put us in a spot that like we're sick people. Like, I don't know, we're just like perks and people that are is fucked up from the mind and need help. And this is actually something that I'm, I can back up. If you watch like horror movies, if you're into horror movies, you're gonna see normally that the troop of a trans girl is like a psychopath, somebody that is like insane and they use our image to put that on, on the word. And I don't blame people thinking that we're like weird people just because they get that information from culture. But in my experience, the most important thing to do with people that don't know anything about transgender experience is to actually get to know them, talk to them. Like I talk to a lot of people that are probably in their life, they have never met a trans person in their lives. And just being there, being around, telling them like, hey, I'm a girl, my name is Karina, please use my pronouns. Uh, just being nice with them and uh, listening to them actually helps a lot because they understand that they're talking to another person, to another human. So it makes things a lot easier. So actually things like this, just me being able to put my voice out here can help people like, hey, this is a trans girl. What the hell is a trans girl? And they can actually open up their heart to, to know that other people exist. And actually we always existed. It's just that they try to suppress our existence really hard. <laughs> yeah. and. Um... A few years ago, my sibling uh, came out as non-binary, and so she, um, they changed their pronouns. And so that was something that was new to my family. That was the first person closest to me to ever, you know, be experiencing something like that. And so we had to all take a lot of time to learn and to switch the pronouns, even because we had the habit of saying the old one. Yeah. And um, it was really fascinating. And so myself and my father got to spend time with you in Costa Rica. And because of your openness and the way you told your story and communicated it, you were able to open up his eyes even more to, to what this is like and how your experience was. And I've just never seen him so understanding and so um so educated about something before and it's because you did it with such love and grace the way you share your story and there wasn't judgment when we asked questions you know you were very open with us and just communicated and so I think that's a huge part of it because there's when you think of the communities fighting each other um it's like people are just, it's just judgment. And I feel like so much of that judgment is just the lack of communication and the lack of awareness. And you mentioned something when we saw each other in Costa Rica um, about how uh, there's been transgenders for in the histories uh, very back far in history. So can you share a little bit about that? Because then it just goes to show that this isn't new. This has actually been around for a very long time. Yeah, sure, definitely. Um, first of all, I'm really glad to hear that because that is basically the work that we as that community, that diverse community, like we are trying to do, like just put our, our, ourselves out there for visibility 
and from honesty and like sharing from our hearts, we can get people to actually understand our experiences. And that same experience that you're describing with your dad, I actually had it with my mom, with my grandma, with my uncles, with everybody around me because they just didn't have the chance before to be with a trans girl and to listen to their experience and so on. And before I jump on the question precisely, I wanna just address the fact of, of the non-binary people because I am non-binary, non but my transgender experience starts as me as non-binary, like because I didn't relate to any of the genders that I had at the moment. So I always describe myself before transition, like not being a man, even though society told me that I was a man. I didn't use any pronouns or anything like that because I didn't have the lingo, the language. But then I started exploring my gender and I was like, hey, I'm a girl. Like this makes so much sense. <laughs> and it was really funny because for me, the experience of being trans is not about switching gender. It's not about going from point A to point B. It's about meeting yourself, going inside yourself. And as you go on, as you go on inside yourself, you will you will start noticing like, hey, maybe on the outside I don't match with the inside. But it's not about switching genders or going from point A to point B. It's about discovering yourself. And regarding other cultures having like more than two genders, I, I, I would love to have sources <laughs> and I can get them eventually. But just to give you guys a little background, I study anthropology and I really, I'm really into culture and to understanding my culture and other cultures. And what I learned on my journey is that the binary gender as we know it is something that came from the colonizers from Europe. When they come here, they start bringing Catholicism, uh, Christianity, and so on. One of the things that they imposed was this um, really narrow and square gender paradigm, like of having just a woman and a man. Because through, through cultures, like, and here in our uh, indigenous cultures, you can find that they always have more than two genders. They have a non-binary gender, they have transgender people. It's still at this day in India, for example, there's a huge group of basically transgender people, yeah, because they are not either women or men. They don't identify as, as such. They are a third gender. And they are a huge community in the South of India, in a specific state, I don't remember. but. Basically, and this is a little extreme trigger warning, and you can edit this if you want. <laughs> Basically, they mutilate their genitalia as a way to, to give themselves to the universe, I don't know, and to be more aware of their gender, more connected with their gender, what they feel. For me, that is a little extreme <laughs> because I believe that people should be able to know their gender disregarding of their genitalia. Like having a penis or having a vulva doesn't make you a woman or a man. It's just it's just your genitals and it's not linked to your gender. Uh, however, that is an expression, one of the multiple cultural expressions out there of people not aligning to being a woman or a man. And actually, I believe that transgender women are really important because uh, at least in our culture and some other cultures, women are normally delegated to the task of taking care of the children's uh, of the children and the house and everything that is like regard, regarding care. And what happens? You cannot put that all that all the pressure on just cisgender women and people that deliver children. 
Like you need support from people that actually don't have children. And I believe that trans women historically, they always been support to other, other women that have kids. Like for example, you're a mother, you know that sometimes you need a break from your kid and that's totally understandable. In, in Costa Rica, for example, our tias, our uncles, aunts, I'm sorry, they will normally take care of that. But since they also have kids, it's a little overwhelming. Mm-hmm. As a transgender woman and seeing the experience of other transgender women, normally they're, they have a, a space in their community where they can actually relieve the, the weight of people that deliver children. And I, the reason why I'm saying this is because I believe that in a cultural sense, make a lot of sense to just accept everybody as we are, because I don't know, like, even like transgender men, I'm not a transgender man, so I cannot speak from their experience, but the most soft and masculine, connected to their good masculinity men that I ever met are transgender men. And they understand masculinity in a way that a cisgender man normally doesn't do. And they'll actually help a lot of cisgender men to be better men. So what I'm saying with this is like, <laughs> um, it's absurd that we we just try to to to, to ignore the existence of us, of, of us people because we have a role in society. And if you just keep pushing us away, it's gonna be like, I don't know. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so do you think it's um do, do you think it's political and like you said like the when the colonizers came over that the way I mean I'm just speaking from the United States but I think this goes across the board like you know there's everything is just divided by male and female. They didn't really leave space for anything else so be like um sports or bathrooms you know for example like things like that and so we're slowly evolving but it's definitely in my opinion not evolving fast enough with you know the with the lgbtq community to feel accepted or to feel in included so what how are ways that we can help the community evolve you know other than making another bathroom, you know, because there's, it has to be better than that. You know, it has to be, we have to try a little bit harder. That is a really hard question because I do believe that it's political. Mm. And I believe that, well, I'm a really political person. And I believe that everything we do in our personal life actually has a political impact in the world that we have out there. So the only way well, first of all, I will invite people to actually know what's going on in their in their community, in their region, in their county, whatever, however it works where you live, politically around trans and, and, and gay rights, because that way you can actually know how to support. And I will be really cliche with this, but the real, the most important way is just to speak out. Whenever you see something that is injustice, that, that seems like injustice to you, speak out. Whenever you have the chance to, to protect a transgender person in public or in a space that is full of hostility towards us, try to protect this person, try to give them a safe space, try to listen to their voice and so on. And Try to go ahead and vote, actually, too. Like, these are powerful, powerful men that are appealing to a lot of other powerful men. And actually, we can 
broken men too that are really fragile and not just men like people in general that is really fragile and these people are just looking for they're just looking to feel safe so at the end I believe that we need to focus on the real enemy <laughs> that is actually the power structures and not fight your neighbor that doesn't understand. For example, here in Costa Rica, my main, like, I don't know, awkward situations come when I interact with religious people because this is a Catholic country and a lot of people practice Catholicism. Mm. And Catholicism is a really... Yeah, they have really narrow views. So I, at the end of the day, what I do is just that I myself, and for example, a lot of Uber drivers, they are they don't know how to interact with me. They'll be like, fuck. <laughs> but I just start interacting with them, talking to them like a normal person, like I am. And they'll be like, huh, this trans girl actually has experience to share because they are not my enemy. People is not my enemy. My enemy is the political guy that is telling everybody to go against us and so on. And the guys in help me in that are in the far right, like writing right now news, like trying to attack us, that those are my enemies. But people that that is ignorant, that's it. They're just ignorant and they don't have the they don't have to be blamed for not having access to information. <laughs> totally. And I think at the end of the day, people are afraid to be ignorant. You know, that's a fear everybody has. And so I think your level of confidence and the level of integration and integrating work you've done with yourself, and because you do have a history of harm reduction work and trauma-informed work, you're someone who's really able to get in that Uber, realize there's like a uncomfortable energy, and then just clean that energy up with a conversation mm -hmm. and Obviously, we can't ask that of everyone because everyone has to go through their integration in their own time and space. Um, but I think just if anybody hears this message at all and feels like they're ever in a situation, whatever gender they are, however they describe themselves, to just acknowledge it and just say, hey, how are you feeling about this? Or can I like, can I talk to you or answer some questions and just start that conversation? It definitely feels like, oh, it can be overwhelming for, you know, both parties. But I think that's how you get to the other side of the discomfort. There's no going around it. You have to go through it. And that just adds every conversation you have is one more person who can take that information home to their family, take that information home to someone else, their friends who might not know more information and just keep informing people. And so I appreciate you sharing that because I will, I'll ask you, I don't want to speak for you, but was it in the earlier part of your transition was it more difficult before you integrated and how did you kind of work through that integration process? Yeah, and actually, uh, thank you for that question. It's a, it's a really good question. And I wanna take advantage of the question to get some advice to um, people that is starting their transition or they just come out of the closet. Mm -hmm. Don't pressure yourself to do that work for the community. First, do your work. First, heal yourself, heal your triggers, heal the anger that you feel because that is valid anger like the anger that we have as trans community is really real and it should be addressed however at the beginning of my transition i was a really reactive person i got a mad for everything like for example if they misgender me on the phone talking to the cable company i will get so mad and fragile and reactive and i start crying and i told my mom and 
like I just go through an, an emotional mess at the beginning of my transition because validation is really important. Self-validation is really important. However, honestly, as a trans person, you don't have a lot of self-validation at the beginning. It's really hard to, to build it because self-validation doesn't come from anywhere. You need to get validation from your support group and the people you trust to get self-validation and to have a healthy self-work. However, um, at the end of the day, when you're beginning in your transition, it's really, it really impacts you, like that people doesn't perceive you as you are, that people constantly misgender you, that you gotta always explain people who you are and why you are. And that process of getting to healing those triggers and healing that reactivity that is really valid, it what, it's what can take you eventually to, to actually help your community understanding and be more confident and go out there. And honestly, for me, it's really, it's, it's, it's still really scary. For example, the other day I had to talk in front of a lot of people in a microphone in a public park for a harm reduction thing. And I was so nervous because one of the things that gives me more gender dysphoria is my voice. <laughs> because the hormones that I take, they don't change my voice. My voice, I need to, if I want to feminize my voice, I need to practice it. And actually, I need, it's like taking single, single lessons. You need to, to learn how to use your voice. Gotcha. And honestly, my voice is really sometimes like low, in low tone, like more related to a male voice. And something that I had to do in the last year is to embrace my voice. Like, this is my voice and that's it. Like, I cannot do much about it. Sometimes I'm going to talk more high or more, more feminine. Sometimes I'm going to talk more masculine and I cannot do shit about it. I'm sorry for the slur, but- No, it's this- okay. It's welcome <laughs> here. <laughs> so basically, I just need to embrace it and understand that some women have low voices too. And actually working in the phone, uh, I used to work in, call center, in the call center industry for years. It's really refreshing to listen to other women that have low voices as you. And just like being able to understand like this doesn't make me a woman or a man having a low voice or so on. But the, the reason why I'm sharing this is because moments as those actually are really important for your transition. Just putting yourself out there for people to see you, to listen to you. Uh, in public, even you're, even if you're scared as fuck, like just go ahead, put yourself out there, because otherwise people are not gonna know you. They're not gonna know your experiences. They're not gonna know anything. And something that I that is really important to know is that you're gonna trigger people. Definitely, being trans is something that is really triggering to other people. Not because there's something wrong with you, because they haven't met them, themselves really deeply. So they just think, I don't know. They have this narrow vision of what a woman should be or what a man should be. And when a person, as I come in front of them, they'll be like, oh, hell. And especially, for example, me, I'm not a really feminine girl. I smoke. I do a lot of things that are not related to being feminine in this society. And actually, I like to embrace that more because that makes me, that's make, that makes me me. And at the end of the day, any woman can choose can choose to do anything, like regarding if it's feminine or masculine. And it doesn't matter if there's cisgender or transgender. So I just believe that it's really important to put yourself out there and to be authentic to whatever you want to do. <laughs> totally. And even just thinking of expression, whether it's from 
gender or from another part of ourselves, you know, like say it's someone's hairstyle or say it's the job they do or something they are passionate about and they're afraid to share, like that will, once you start sharing yourself authentically, that you're right, that triggers people because it, they are triggered because they're not in touch with their inner self. And so in whatever form that is, that's why it's so important, like you said, to not worry about everybody else first, but focus on yourself with what you're integrating in that aspect of your life. Because like, you know, the saying haters are going to hate, you know, there's always mm -hmm. going to be someone who wants to take you down or be better or make you look bad so they look good you know like whatever the case is and so this is a really beautiful example of that and how you can take your power back and in mm -hmm. anyone can take their power back at any time by owning who they are and of course I'm sure like quieting the voices around and shutting the voices around out so it's just you and yourself identifying yourself and feeling like what feels good for me who am I and how do I want to express myself and it's a that's a life lesson I think we all we all will battle in many different flavors if you think about yeah. it because it's gonna we're gonna have new evolutions of ourselves coming all the time and so thank you for sharing that because I hope this gives the listeners the confidence to embrace their light because no matter what that light may be, someone will be triggered by it. So you have to live this one life that we all have and we don't know where we go after this. We have to find ways to be happy and to love ourselves no matter what. Definitely. And something that really makes me think a lot about the trans situation is that us existing really doesn't harm anybody like just the fact that we exist and we share our stories and we live our lives actually adds up to the community it gives a lot of i don't know from my experience communities that are really open to everybody expressing themselves as they are are really rich communities full of love full of community sense people sharing and so on that those are things that i value a lot and yeah. I believe that honestly, like, um, we should like, everybody should try to connect with their with themselves and just go out there. And it's really, it's really concerning for me sometimes to watch people that is obsessed about the trans experience from a place of hate. Mm -hmm. um, for example, I, I, I study a lot of, um, of the media that, that talks against the trans community. And it's just unbelievable for me. They, they spend hours and hours and a lot of like, uh, they use a lot of their energy just to attack us. And what I see of these people is really fragile men, normally and fragile women that are just super afraid of meeting themselves. And they're super comfy in the power structure that we currently live. And when I say power structure is because Sorry, but cisgender men, they have a lot of power in our society. And the reason why they are afraid is because sometimes they think that we're taking their power away. But it's not that we're taking their power away. It's just that we're taking our power and they feel threatened by that. And that is not yeah. true. We're not threatening in anybody's power. We're just taking our power that is our right to take. <laughs> exactly. Like there's no pool of power that we're all sharing from you know it's an infinite source that someone taking their power does not take away from someone just like 
um, abundance, you know, and happiness and financial prosperity. Like that is, those are infinite sources that we can all pull from. Um, there's a lot of people who will get jealous if someone else is succeeding in one area and they're not when it all comes back down to ourself. And I'm a true believer that, and you know, I forget when I'm triggered sometimes, but like when like I'm feeling, oh, I lost my train of thought, but, um, Oh yeah. Like when someone, when I'm triggered and like my vibration, someone's lowering my vibration, I forget that they're not lowering my vibration. I am the only one who can lower my vibration. So that's where I have to take my power back and be like, oh my gosh, like I can either lower myself, you know, to this or stay up, rise above and really hold my head high. Because in those moments, it feels like someone's taking from you, but if we, that's why the inner work is so, so important. And I'm so passionate about the inner work therapy, being in groups, having, you know, Karina and I strongly believe in having strong communities supporting us when it comes to our mental health and our lifestyle health, because we can't do this alone. Like she mentioned being a mother, I have so many wonderful friends and community who helped me with Charlotte and I'm a single mother, couldn't do it alone, you know, without my community. So I don't, and anyone who's out there thinking they should be doing it alone, like, please no. God, don't think that. And please find <laughs> community or reach out and let us see if we can help direct you in the right way, because you don't have to do this alone. We were never meant to. And the way isolation is in the world right now is it's pretty high. So we have to remember, like, we need to break the structures that have been built down so we can come back to community. And honestly, yeah, to, to just double down on the community, on the community side of things, I do believe that communities are super important, like for everyone, like, try to fight the idea that you can do anything yourself, because that's not true. You can do You can do everything that you want to set up your mind on but you need help. That's a must. We're communities, we're built to, to com for community and we're built to, to communicate and to ask for help to other people and to collaborate. And actually one of the things that scared, scared me the most when I, was, when, I, when I started transitioning is the fact of losing my community because people don't understand. And yeah, I do lose a lot of people, but at the end of the day, I didn't lose anybody. These are just people that didn't understand my journey and they got triggered from my journey. They didn't want to feel about anything that was triggered and they just get out of my life. And mm -hmm. the reason why I'm saying this is because um, when I came up, I remember my mother, she was really supportive and she was really confused too. But her main concern was my safety. The fact that I was going to be safe and that people, that I could have a good job and get financial stability and live a normal life. And I definitely understand that fear from her because, yeah, you can lose a lot of opportunities for being trans. You can, for example, I actually lose a lot of work opportunities just for being transgender woman because they don't believe that I can handle it just for being a trans woman, not even a woman. A trans woman because they believe my mental stability is fucked or something like that oh. and it's that's really dark but those are realities that we deal with and i understand that some people are afraid to go on the war and do it and that's the, that's why i say to, to people that are starting transitioning or just coming out of the classes don't pressure yourself too much to go out there and to be seen if that is going to affect your life for example if you could lose your job for that 
make a plan, try to stay on the closet or something because protecting yourself is the most important thing. I have a lot of privilege on my life. So, and talk to you and I can go out there and say, yeah, I'm transgender and, and, and I do the things I do for life, but not everybody can do those things. So I don't know, it's really important just to, to stay connected and to, Another thing that I want to say to the trans community is especially is try not to trip a lot about the negative side of things that we see out there. Like, because for example, if you turn on Fox News and you start just consuming Fox News, you're going to get super depressed about the situation that we live in trans community. Try to find the positive side of things. Trying to find, for example, the fact that we're being so that we're being attacked so much in the US is building a lot of a lot of strong communities online that are trying to to keep us alive and to keep us informed and to build a way to to fight against this. Try to look those communities. Try to look the people like you online. Try to look for the transparent people in your in your local area and meet them because that is at the end what gives us power and what gives us the chance to go out there and if eventually you want to be a, a a buckle transgender person that want to help your community, go ahead and do so. And just adding to this, I want to say something else to the trans people, like our experience doesn't have to be political. If you want to just live your life, if you want to just be a girl, be a boy, be a non-binary person, and go out there and have your normal life, you can do so. And you don't have to, you don't have to go out there and talk politics and talk about our experiences and so on. You can just do, go ahead and do so. And the reason why I say this is because I like politics. I like activism. It's something that runs in my blood. But sometimes it's exhausting. And sometimes okay. I just want to live. I just want to I just want to go on party and be with my friends and, and wake up here with my partner at my house and live a normal life like everybody else and not be thinking about the fact that I'm a transgender. However, I do understand that this is really political. So mm. I... I work myself towards um, keeping myself political as I, in the, in how to say this in English. I just try to stay political um, if my mental health allows me to be political. The moment that my mental health starts declining, I stop doing political things. Because as I, as I told before, working yourself is the most important thing and it's actually a political act by itself. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's, that's really good advice. Because, like you said, you don't have to be fighting for your right all of the time. And it's beautiful when you have the space to, or when you have the space to go be political, as we'll call it. But it's also beautiful to just be home and to make breakfast and to make lunch and to get your work done and to take a walk by the beach or something simple. And it's okay to allow that to be the integration process because I feel like in some, in some of the things I've integrated in my life, I felt like I need to prove it to someone else and I need to tell the world or say a story about it on Instagram. And as I've gotten older, I've just learned in the beauty of really not giving a shit what anyone else says. And if they don't like what I'm doing, then they can go somewhere else and they can unfollow me or whatever, because that root, you know, think of the root chakras, like are your financial stabilities, your home, your relationships, like sometimes that's just enough. And that's so beautiful to allow that to be just what we need in those moments. And when we have the space to 
go out there and share with the community and put ourselves on the microphone. We do that when it feels right. Exactly. And I want to share a little example of this that I lived the other night. Um, I was go. I was out on party like last Wednesday. I allowed myself to just go. One of my friends, she had a lot of. She had a a presentation and everything went really well. So we ended up partying and so on. But I was like at one a.m. in this in this club just dancing, and we were outside smoking cigarettes. And this guy that was with us, he just didn't stop talking about my queer experience. And the fact that I'm trans and asking questions about the fact that I'm trans. And I remember that I um, I brought up my pills, my hormones to take them because I forget them. So I just I started taking my pills and he was like, that helps you healthy. And I start asking like questions. Mm-hmm. And I remember that I got so sick about this person because I just want to live sometimes. And in those spaces, I'm not in a political move. I'm just a girl having fun. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> party. Just, exactly. <laughs> as I should and for me it was really exhausting and I remember actually writing to my best friend like oh my god I'm so sick of this guy because it's really exhausting for me to just have this constant pressure sometimes of yeah tell us about being trans it's so weird to be trans right you're so weird and I understand that it's weird for people however there's a place and a space for everything and sometimes that you can ask the person hey are you comfortable talking with this Honestly, I'm really, I'm really open about that. So if we're partying and you want to talk about transgender issues, you can ask me, hey, you want to talk about this issue? And if I don't want to talk, I will tell you like, hell no. <laughs> right that's now, I don't want to. My favorite things is when people say like, hey, do you want to talk about this? Or if you're sharing something, they're like, do you need advice or do you just need me to listen? Or I have a question. Is now a good time to talk about this or later? And giving people options because we don't get to decide where someone else's nervous system is at in the moment. And so giving someone the space and grace to say, no, it's not a good time later is is so important in this world because you just never know what happened to someone earlier in that day or what their mental health is like that week or whatnot. Definitely. And to be honest, I cut a lot of friends from my life for this same issue. Um, I remember a special case of a friend. Uh, I really care about him, but he definitely has a lot of work to do with himself. Mm. And he was obsessed with bringing political trans issues to my house. Like, I remember that I used to open my house to him just for, I don't know, for smoking and hanging around. And I told him directly like, hey, I don't want to talk politics. I don't want to talk about transgender issues. It's really exhausting for me. And he kept going on and on every time I invite him. So what what ended happening? I just cut him from my life. I was like, I, I told him why I cut him from my life because I, I think it is really important not to gossip people. However, the reason, and I have, I have a lot of empathy for him because I believe that he's struggling with his own gender issues and with his own, his own gender journey. Mm. And maybe he's not a transgender person or a non-binary person. He's just a cisgender man that doesn't fully understand the nuances of his gender and the way that he can explore his gender. However, I'm not, I'm not his hospital. I'm not his therapist. I'm not his rehab center just to come here and and try to figure his, himself out with me. That's something that he should do by himself. And 
people need to respect the fact that sometimes we don't want to talk about our trans experiences because it's overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes we do. And honestly, take advantage when we want. Yesterday, I was hanging with this girl and she, she noticed that I started talking about my trans experience. And something that I really appreciate from this interaction is that she didn't brought up the fact that I'm trans until the point that I brought it up. So mm. that made me feel really comfy because she's not assuming that I'm trans or since she's just at the point that I brought it up. She was like, oh, do you want to talk about this? Like, do you feel comfortable if I ask you some questions about this? Because and she was so honest with me. She was like, it's because I have some issues with my own gender and I don't feel like a woman or a man. And I was like, sure, girl, come on, bring it up. Talk to me. And that is really comfortable because you can feel when the person is actually coming from a place that, hey, I need help. I want to listen. And yeah. sometimes we just want to push you, push your buttons to see how far you can go. That is the case that I was telling you guys with this friend. Probably he has a lot of issues to work with his own gender. But at the end of the day, he was trying just to push me to see if I got mad or to prove something or whatever. So yeah, don't, don't, don't engage with people that, you feel that are draining your energy at the end of the day. <laughs> 100%. And so I'd love for you to share where people can find you on Instagram. So if they're looking for resources and more community, I know you have quite a few opportunities for people to, to learn, to engage with you and to learn about your harm reduction work. So let us know where you can find you so people can, can come say hi. Sure thing. Um, well, first of all, my personal Instagram account is, I'm going to spell it, it's KS and Kilo, LS and Lima, US and Umbrella, BS and Victor, underscore waves, like the ocean waves, W-A-D-E-S. That is my personal uh, Instagram account, and that is my diary. So basically, I'm really open there, and I share like anything and everything that is happening in my life. So yeah, and I have another account that is currently just in Spanish. But if more people from the English community, English speaking community jump in, we can start doing English content that is called Flor y Miel Colective. That is mean um, Flor y Miel Collective. And I'm going to spell it in a second. Basically, that page, as, as you comment, is a harm reduction page. What is harm reduction really quick? It's just we, we help people to deal with their drug use and substance use from a more holistic perspective for, of just not judging them from you being users, actually educating people to use better and to use in a more informed way, not to harm themselves <laughs> and to, to have a better management of their pleasures, basically. And that page is, hold on, let me just double check it. I forget the login. Uh, uh, uh. That page is Flor. F L O R dot M I E L dot C O L E C T I V as in Victor E. And as I said, that is in Spanish, but yeah, I don't know if some Spanish speaking people is listening to this. If they are, hola, but hola. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And just FYI on my personal page, you can find all my other pages. I have another page where I share music and art and so on. And yeah, I like to build community. So anybody that wanna go on my page and just share anything or lay or pass by, they're welcome. <laughs> 
Thank you so much. And thank you for coming on today and being open and sharing your vulnerable story and creating a safe space for more people to share their stories. Because like you've heard today on this episode, this is how we heal. This is how we stay informed. This is how we build more community, just sharing stories, being open and, you know, being respectful. So I really appreciate the time that we spent on the podcast. And of course, the time we got to spend recently in person. So, so amazing in Costa Rica. And I look forward to seeing you again very, very soon. And in the show notes, I'll put the links to all of your Instagram so people can easily click through to go access them and come say hi to you. Yeah, amazing. Thank you for this space. I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate like, I don't know, the fact that you're using your platform to give voices to people like us. That is really meaningful. And yeah. Uh, my heart is full right now. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. I know you were an amazing person to come on and being that it's pride month right now, we wanted to make sure we took advantage to honor the community, you know, and myself not directly being in the community. I wanted to bring someone who is an expert, someone who is educated and well-informed. So I really, really appreciate your time. And I know the listeners will as well. Yeah. And thank you to the listeners too for being here. And yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Bye, everybody. Bye.